0: Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. And now, Danielle's next Killer Woman. Welcome to Killer Women Podcast, a proud member of the Authors on the Air global network with more than 4 million listeners. I am your host, suspense author Danielle Girard, and my guest today is Christina McDonald. Christina is the USA Today bestselling author of These Still Black Waters, Do No Harm, Behind Every Lie, and The Night Olivia Fell, a Simon & Schuster gallery Books which has been optioned for television by a major Hollywood studio. That's so exciting. Let's talk about that. Her writing has been featured in the Sunday Times, Dublin, USA Today.com, and Expedia. Originally from Seattle, Washington, she has a B.A. in communications from the University of Washington and an M.A. in journalism from the National University of Ireland, Galway. She now lives in London, England with her two, with her two husbands, (laughs) no, (laughs) let me, let me correct that, with her husband, two sons, and their dog, Tango, she's currently working on her next novel. Welcome, Christina. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God, it's so fun. So Christina and I finally (laughs) met for the first time in real life in June at um, Thriller Fest, which is- the International Thriller Writers Conference, yeah. always in New York, always the very yeah. end of May, early June, and so fun. Are you gonna come back next year?
1: Yeah, I am, yeah. I'm definitely, I mean, I'm planning on it for sure. It's so
0: fun. It was so, it was yeah. really, really fun to get to, it's always fun to really get to hang out in person. And once you've met in person, and, and Christine and I had a really fun evening in a bar, we won't <laughs> give too many, too many details. <laughs> there are probably pictures online if you <laughs> wanna check us out on Instagram. And videos. Can, and videos. You, <laughs> you can uh, probably find those. But yeah. in the meantime, welcome. Thank you for being here. Tell Thank our you. listeners about These Still Black Waters.
1: So These Still Black Waters is about a woman who has suffered a really horrifying home invasion, really traumatic home invasion. So she decides to take her teenage daughter and they escape to her childhood summer home. Um, But the next day, a body is found in the lake behind her house and it isn't just anybody, it isn't just any person, it's an old friend of hers. So that, of course, immediately makes the police very suspicious and they start looking into her. And the police officer, the detective who's doing that, she's suffered her own trauma and her own tragedy and has her own past as well. And that starts to conflict with my other protagonist.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, so this is, I noticed this is a, this is a Jess Lambert thriller, which I know in the world of books means there's probably another one coming, which I love. Um, So this is the start of a series. So tell us about Jess, because she's actually got a a really intense and difficult backstory, and she makes for a really interesting character. So tell us about her.
1: Yeah, Jess is maybe one of my favorite characters I've ever written she's really really devastated after a tragedy in her past but she's so strong as well like she's been physically and emotionally injured and and scarred and she uses a cane she is you know disabled and she has this emotional scarring on her but she's so strong and she's determined to take what happened and use it for better and to help solve these crimes and um can't really say much more than that without giving away some of the things in the book, but she's she's a very strong, badass detective, and I love her. She totally is
0: <laughs> too. I know. So we can <clears> say though, we talked about this a little bit beforehand that um, her daughter um, passed away, and it was yeah. a um, you know in a car accident. In a car accident. So Jess yeah. now rides a motorcycle because getting in a car is terrifying. It's yeah, terrifying. Um, which, which makes total sense. Although of course the the rational part of us knows that you're probably in, you know, in more danger in a, in a motorcycle, but, or on a yeah. motorcycle, butt. but, but one of the things that happens to her in this incredible grief is that she's, she hears Isla. Is that Isla? How Isla. Oh. Yeah. She means all yeah. these Irish names that I'm going to butcher. Um, she, she, she sees and hears her daughter. Yeah. Um, so she,
1: she believes she's seeing and hearing her daughter. And actually when I was researching, um, more about bereavement and grief while I was writing this story. Um, I found out that that's actually really common. Um, you know, psychologists do say that that when you are so devastated by a loss, especially auditory um, hallucinations, people do hear and think they see in passing or, you know, just, just in the back of their mind, they think they see their loved one. And so there's that kind of that Jess is a bit torn like is she really seeing Isla because it feels so real this presence of her dead daughter or this trauma that's happened to her and she's having these hallucinatory um, visions of her daughter which is what her her grief therapist tells her is happening because it, it is quite you know common to happen. Right. And it's, I
0: mean, it's kind of interesting because I think she feels in some ways, of course, you can imagine as we're mothers, right? If you can see and hear your child who's gone, you don't want to let that go. And yet part of her wonders if, you know, like if if that's part of a brain injury, in fact, she's she's got, she signed up for an MRI to make, to make sure that she was in the accident to make sure that there's not a residual injury and you can see her almost, Of course, in some ways she'd be reassured if it was a brain injury, but in some ways also she'd be devastated if it was a brain injury. Yeah, because she
1: doesn't want to let go, but she needs to let go. And there's that tension between want and need. And that's what we writers are always trying to find, right? So that internal want versus need with Jess is I I found really compelling to write because there is that tension. And it's like, well, she needs to let go. And right, right, you know, but that's hard. And so doing that, means saying goodbye and does she really want to do that right and I think so that's quite a bit more in book two because you're right it is a series and and yes Jess does go to solve more crimes <laughs> but and that, I love that is still going on yeah
0: I love that so tell us do you like you know I always want to I'm always curious to know how authors come up with sort of the seeds of their stories do yeah. you you know where did Jess come from like was it the exploration of this this sort of phenomenon of you know grief and its Hallucinations, or was that a byproduct or something
1: else? Tell us the- that it was a byproduct, actually. So the story I first wrote almost entirely from Neve's point of view. And that came about because I was having lunch with a friend of mine who had in fact suffered a really horrific home invasion. And I hadn't seen her in a while. And I had wondered, you know, how was she doing? But you know, you get busy with life and kids and work. And and so I figured she would reach out when she was ready. And and then she did. And so we sat down for lunch and she told me that she'd suffered this really horrifying home invasion she was putting her children down to bed at nighttime and um her her door was broken down by masked intruders and they came in and they threatened her with a knife while her children were in bed and that just really stuck with me and i was like of course oh. you know like that's so horrifying and so terrifying and then you know the way it is with kind of a seed of a story it just sort of stuck in my mind and it grew and it grew and then this was um then the the pandemic happened and during the pandemic you know everything felt really strange really upside down and i started thinking yeah. about it more and more yeah and what that would mean if if that happened and if nothing was really the way you thought that it was and Um, And you know, there was such fear and and sadness and grief during the pandemic. So that's a very strong theme in the book as well. Yes, yes. And and I think these Still Black Waters, it really speaks to the rupture that tragedy brings in our lives, Mm -hmm. you know, for the the, being the pandemic or being the loss of a loved one um, and about our endless quest to put our lives back together and how resilient we humans are.
0: Yeah, I think that's interesting because there's a, also like this the one of the wonderful things you explore in the book with both um, Neve and Neve and is the, um, the woman who suffers the home invasion, which probably people got, but and yeah. Jess is the idea of how isolating grief is, right? Like yeah, you exactly. are even like I mean, you know, even with each of them is married, but you know the the tragedy creates this, you know, it creates a natural rift in in the marriage yeah. and. People deal with grief very differently, so it, I mean, we know yeah. this from the statistics about these kinds of things. That oftentimes, you know, particularly the loss of a child leads to the, yeah. the, you know, the end of the marriage, right? Because it's, it's impossible, impossible to, yeah. yeah, it's impossible to sort of to get past that. Um, and then there's the guilt. I mean, you know, if Jess was driving, and you know, it's all that stuff. that Even though she, you know, there was a deer, it wasn't as though she was, you know anyway but it's yeah. it is the idea and the pandemic was the same right we were so yeah. all of us so isolated in a yeah. weird sort of grief um we were all just
1: of- kind of marooned on our own little islands and that's why yes. i like the name isla is because it's spanish for oh. island and it's like isla you know we're all just we we felt so isolated and alone and that's how grief makes us feel as well mm-hmm. and 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 so that that's sort of how the book started is through mm-hmm. me's point of view and Jess was a he, she was a secondary character who mm-hmm. I adored but um she was in third person and she was much more just the detective who was investigating and when right. I sold the, my my genius editor was like let's make this into a series and let's yes. make Jess primary protagonist and I was like okay cool so then I really delved into Jess and her her backstory and her yeah. feelings, and emotions, and and I think that's where that richness of this character comes from is because I made her a primary protagonist rather than mm-hmm. a secondary. But initially, the story was told from from Neve's point of view almost entirely. Interesting. So, so- changes and edits.
0: Yeah. Well, which happens. I, yeah, i worked yeah. with, I worked with Thomas and Mercer and had to, you know, pull books apart. So I know exactly what you've gone through. Um, and we do that. That's kind of the path, right? You write a book you think is perfect and then you yeah. send it to the editor and they have a way to make it even better. So yeah, that's our they're job. To, yeah. <laughs> I they're, don't they're, know how they do it. Honestly. I like. know they're, they're, their brains work really differently. Um, yeah. So and I know that like I read "Do Not Harm," which is another earlier of your books, and that too is about there's a huge portion of being a mother and you know the sort of things we will do for our children in that book as well. So tell me Mm -hmm. like you you know what what sort of drives you to write about the things you write about? You know I think everybody has a different reason. All authors have a different reason for that stories are drawn. They're drawn to certain types of stories.
1: Yeah. For me, it's. I never really set out to write a book that's like about a mother or mothers and daughters or anything like that. I don't set out to do that. I think just mm-hmm. during the process of writing, writing is very personal for me. So like Do No Harm for example was um you know about a woman who was trying to save her son's life who was very ill and amidst the opioid <laughs> pandemic. She, as a doctor, she had access to opioids so she started selling them and is that right or wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, doing the wrong thing but for the right reason. And and I could relate so much as a mother, how far I would go for my child. And so I think I was just pouring myself into that book. And then the mm-hmm. same happened with this book and, and all of my books, really, I pour so much of myself into it. Um, that maybe I just it's a bit, every book is a little bit personal, or maybe a lot personal, right? things those are the stories like you know the story of my friend who I was out to lunch with and and her putting her children to bed and then having you know being confronted with masked intruders like that really got me because I could imagine it very realistically happening while I'm putting my own children to bed and so when I do that then that pours into my writing and it makes it just more I suppose vivid and and emotional in a way and maybe a lot of it does come from me being a mother <laughs> so
0: oh, well uh, i mean we, I we can't extract who we are from our writing right i mean i think that's part yeah. of it right it is it's not you but it's you and i also think yeah. probably there's some as you said like it's a way of working through something that is kind of the worst possible thing right yeah we're trying we're like shaking sure. nothing would be worse than that moment when your children are your are you and your children are at risk so there's yeah.
1: You and we're know. all fighting our own monsters, right? <laughs> right?
0: and i and I actually think that you know, people think people talk about like, I mean, I, I know like my daughter will watch all you know these shows. she's twenty three and she'll watch the you know, the dark, dark, dark TV shows. And for me, I'm like, I kind of get enough of that in my brain, right? Like yeah. my brain is always working through like, oh God, what what this terrible thing happened, what this terrible thing happened. So yeah. I do think it's a way of sort of maybe sat like soothing this the fear
1: that's yeah, that confronting it. Mm -hmm. in a way yeah for sure and and I think you're right like these characters we create are not us and they're not even a reflection of our own minds like I can create characters like Emma and do no harm who I really actually just disagree with but the theme of the book and how that is explored is usually quite personal to me
0: right right makes total sense so you um I know you're you're also raising kids do you have how do you sort of structure your writing life I mean, it's hard in the summer, I imagine, but now that yeah. I am back to school. Yeah.
1: In the summer, yeah, I, I don't get a lot of writing done. If I do get any writing done, I usually have to wake up quite early to do that, which I hate. I'm not a morning person, but I will if I'm on like a deadline or whatever. Right. I'll get up at you know 5 a.m. with my cup of tea and a cozy blanket if it's cold, and I will do my work until the boys get up. Um, but during the school year, like right now, <laughs> I... Usually we take them to school in the mornings. Um, my husband takes them in the morning, and I take them. I pick them up in the evening, and and actually just my youngest because my oldest he he's in secondary school now, so he can walk to school and he kind of sorts himself out a little bit better now. Um, but my littlest, he's only nine, so we we drive him to school. My husband drives him in the morning, and I get to work. And then when my husband gets home, we have a coffee date every single morning.
0: <laughs> I love that.
1: Lovely, yeah. And we've had this espresso machine that we bought as a gift to ourselves when my second baby was born, <laughs> when our second baby was born. And we were like, we're going to be really tired. Let's get an espresso machine. I love it. <laughs> I, I love using it. it. It's amazing. So, yeah, so we make ourselves a coffee and we have our coffee and we like just, I don't know, talk and connect for half an hour, 15 minutes every single morning. And then I go back up to work and he goes to work as well. We both work from home. So we're able to be quite flexible with the kids. And then um I pick my son up at four from school. So I, I usually sign off at 3:30. And then in the evenings I'll do social media stuff once they're in bed and stuff. But the writing itself is during the day and um and really only when they're at school. So I'm not one of these authors who can get up on a Saturday or a Sunday and and work those days as well because I have kids and they have clubs and birthday parties and homework. <laughs>
0: Exactly. So I work on
1: Friday, you know, and, and here in the UK, it's different in America, but in the UK, they only get six weeks of summer vacation, not three
0: months. Yeah.
1: Um, and then they get, you know, two weeks for half term here, two weeks for half term. They're constantly getting two weeks off. And that yeah. means that I'm, I can write for six weeks and then I get two weeks off and then, and it's, it's difficult to juggle it sometimes, but I yeah. think it's nice as well that I can have that balance and be there for them and, you know, pick them up from school and yeah it works for us right now yeah <laughs> yeah and it's not i mean it's important to have that time with them and i think yeah. this
0: is if you can get your it's the button chair right you gotta like no this is my time i gotta get my butt in the chair i gotta work yep. while i can and yeah exactly um, so utilize I, that time i see the sticky notes on your wall oh. behind <laughs> you so i was gonna ask That's about <laughs> is that your next book
1: no that is how i edit <laughs>
0: Okay, well, tell us about I want to, let's I want to hear about how you write. like you know, yeah. do you plan out your story? Are you, I mean, there's the there's the plotter and the pants are sort of the, yeah. the extremes, but everybody's sort of a combination of some. So how you know, how do stories happen for you?
1: I'm pretty much purely a pantser. <laughs> I mean, yeah, me I do I, I do have um, always at least some sort of idea of what mm-hmm. it's going to be about, but it's quite vague. Mm-hmm. and you know maybe two sentences this happens and then this happens you know like so basically that inciting incident and maybe the first plot point mm-hmm. and then and it and I I always get what this is so woo woo and I hate even telling people about it but I this love it me. I get what is called the aura of a story I call it the aura of a story I love and it. basically it's like I have this feeling this kind of just vague feeling that descends on me and it's a it's half excitement and half fear <laughs> and half like trepidation. And when that descends on me I'm, and and it's about a particular story idea, I just start writing and I don't really worry about edits. I don't like think about character development. I don't I don't think about any of that. I just think about plot and I write and write and write. And usually I get about maybe 25 percent through. So like the, the first plot point and and then it starts to get a bit trickier after that where I have to kind of think back and go okay now do i have these characters are they who i want them to be are am i putting them into the worst situation possible am i torturing them enough <laughs> uh-huh. right totally <laughs> and then, yeah and then eventually you know i get to the 50% mark and the 75% mark and all of that stuff that's all about just showing up right it's just about getting in the in the chair every day and writing some words and eventually you know it drops in the ocean right so eventually i will get to my 80 ninety thousand words and have a very rough draft and once i yeah. have that very rough draft i can read through it again and kind of go i'm not hitting this beat here or this character needs to develop more or and that's when i get these sticky notes out okay, <laughs> and i'm I and, and just trying to make sure and i'll as i'm kind of writing or reading through i'll glance back and yeah so that's it's very unscientific but that's how I, <laughs> I mean, I think that so, I mean, so much
0: of this is unscientific and I love yeah. the aura of a story because I think there is, and I'm, I think woo-woo is, is awesome. I, in fact, for the last few days I've had a, a, a smoky quartz crystal in my bra. So don't, you don't need to worry about <laughs> okay, woo-woo and me. We are really good friends. So, right. um, and then do you do that revision? So do you feel like, do you have a, a beta reader who sort of goes through that first draft with you? You do all of that on your own and then send it
1: in all of it on my own and then um if the book is on has been optioned already like my second book for these still black waters the second book in the series had already been optioned so i just sent it directly into my editor but if if a book hasn't been optioned then i will send it out to my agent and just make sure that they're happy to send it on submission because ultimately they're the ones that have to send it out right. so it depends on where i am and the submission process and um you know if it's a two book deal or a one book deal or whatever it it just depends Mm -hmm. but mostly it's it's just up to me and my gut feeling and Mm -hmm. I feel like it's good and I'm happy enough and I can imagine a reader reading it and I'm proud enough of my work that I'm ready to do that then I'll do that but I don't use beta readers and I know a lot of people do and that that's fantastic but for me I feel like reading is so subjective that I could get one beta reader saying one thing and another beta reader saying something completely contrary to that and I don't know who to believe so then that makes me myself so I just kind of just just trust my gut and just go like I love this story hopefully others do too you know what do you feel like um what's the time like how much
0: time does it take you then do you feel like to from the sort of well, because obviously the seed of the story, well, this story started a long time ago, but in general, as you start to sort of, you know, amalgamate these ideas and sit down to the point where you have a solid, you feel comfortable with first draft, what's the, you know, what kind of period is that?
1: It depends on every book. They're all a little bit different, but, um, so every book I've previously written, These Still Black Waters took four months, Do No Harm took 3 months to the day and that's just for like a first draft rough yeah. first draft yeah. because i don't plot i'm i'm a pantser. that's basically my outline you know mm-hmm. so it takes mm-hmm. months to kind of get that story down um but that being said my most recent book which is the the, the next in the series that took me 6 months to write i mean mm-hmm. i've never written a series book before and and trying to learn that and the, and make my characters unique and fresh and compelling that was really difficult to me and it took me a lot of false starts to actually Mm -hmm. I knew what the story was going to be about it was more about like how do the characters react to this story and how is that Mm -hmm. going to work so it was it was the characters and and Jess especially because I love her so much and I want to make sure that she's fresh and and compelling and still has but still like take some of the the great bits of you know the the first book into the second Mm -hmm. book and that is really really tricky i found (laughs) that is interesting because i I think it is i mean there's some
0: really lovely things about writing a series right because you have the same you know characters and my dog my dogs are uh, (laughs) and they're like oh we want to be part of this um um but anyway um Yeah. I mean, that is, I've, you know, for a long time, it was what I wrote with series. So it is, and you kind of get this like lovely world you get to go back to because you guys, you have Jess and you also have her partner, Will,
1: who's lovely and,
0: you know, and her Lieutenant, we see a little bit and obviously her husband, Mac.
1: I love the town as well. And yeah, all of that. yes Um, But yeah, just keeping it fresh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And do you feel like that'll get, I mean, now that you've done two, you're in the process of doing two, or you're all probably close to being done with that second draft. Yeah. What do you, you know, do you feel like it'll get
1: easier? I mean, I hope so. I don't, I don't know if writing ever gets easier, does it? I don't know.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> a very
1: of thought of good with time. But I think like each book, I put more pressure on myself and I want more and I expect more and I want the readers to be satisfied as well. And so maybe each, each book, because there's a little bit more pressure, it feels a little bit more difficult, but I love it even more, if that makes right. any sense. Right, um, Like, you know, I love I love These Still Black Waters, but I also really love the sequel and I'm so, or the, the next of the series, and I'm so excited for people to read that too. And I've just turned in my finished edits. So it's definitely coming out. It's coming out next year, August, 2024. Um, but will it make writing a third one easier? I don't know. I would say it'll still be tricky because you're still always challenging yourself to find, you know, uh, fresh things from an old character. And that's right. And
0: creating a sort of an arc in each book, right? Like the character has to grow in each book, but then they have to change over the course of the the series. Yeah,
1: There's a lot of,
0: you know, and especially when you come into it, like I think the thing people don't always recognize is that you don't know if it's going to be a three book series or a 10 book yeah. series. Like, you know, you just have to sort yes. of like leave it open, but also, you exactly. know, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so really... so
1: the second one, because, you know, I, I have, a I have a two book deal. It's for two in the series and, and we'll see if they do well and people love them. Well, then I'll write a third book, but I don't mm-hmm. know at this point in time. So I have to just leave things slightly open and you know we'll see <laughs> it's but it is it challenging for writing for sure it's so tricky so now
0: that yeah. you're done so this is an, another interesting thing for people who sort of you know aren't writers or aren't published writers you know you now that you finish right you have this august 2024 book that's done that's done you just turned in your final yeah. edits so you have now this opening right and i yeah. imagine um you know, what are you gonna start book three? do you do you try to think of something different? What do you do? So right hard. now,
1: yeah, it's really hard. right now, I'm trying to sort out um, you know, publication of the Still Black waters is coming up in only a few weeks. so I'm trying to um get sorted out with that and do interviews for that and then, um you know, write articles for that and just really co- go into launch mode, right? Like mm-hmm. just to get that launched. And once that is launched, then I will reassess um, where we are and and what I should do if I should start immediately on book three or if I should try Mm -hmm. another standalone first I don't know um yeah Mm -hmm. I have to wait for the story aura to descend upon me
0: (laughs) it's it's tricky well uh, also congratulations because this was a amazon first read um, yeah. is, that what they, is that what they call them, Prime? That's what it's called, yeah, yeah, First Read. Amazon, Amazon First Read, which means, yeah. um, you know, for those who don't know, that this book actually is free to Amazon Prime members for the whole month yeah. of September. And actually yeah. this, our show airs on September 28th. So even Whoa. though the official launch date for your book is October 1st, people can still grab it. Um,
1: yeah.
0: You know, if you're a Kindle um, Prime member, you can read it. Um, Or Kindle Unlimited, no. Amazon Prime member you can read it yeah um, Amazon
1: Prime they can read it for for free for a few more days but just so you know, fun for a paperback and actually there is a giveaway through the end of the month on Goodreads so oh. 20 backs uh, there so ebook paperback whatever well, you have a however chance. you <laughs> yeah however
0: you want to read this book it's 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 re- it's available it's for your hot little hands and they did yeah. a beautiful job I have to say I give them so much oh, credit for the covers are gorgeous i mean they really just did such a great job i love 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 it and you've obviously got the final version but i've got this beautiful one and it is they did um they really did a fabulous job so yeah they do you really have it
1: do you have a working title for the second one um yeah yeah the title has been confirmed it's called what lies in darkness
0: oh i love that
1: yeah. i love that
0: well, this is super exciting. And okay, tell Thank us a you. little bit about where to find you um, in all the places and also, cause you do have a really nice backlist. Um, yeah. So where do people, where should people check out all your books and, yeah. um, and you on social media so they can hunt for the video of us at the bar and all that good stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> Right, so
1: the best place to find all of my books, my backlist is on my website, and that is Christina-McDonald.com, and I also have a book club that I have there, so I um, I have a book club pick every month, and I make book recommendations, and I, I talk about about what I'm doing as well, but also about other books out there that I'm loving, and um, I and I make one book, um, my book club pick for the month, I do a giveaway of that as well. And you can just go straight to my website and then go to book club and click join. And, and you'll be signed hi. up. And any who's joined, they automatically are um, entitled to win that giveaway each month. So they're, they're automatically entered um, on hi. social media. You can find me on, on all the normal places, Instagram. I'm Christina max at Christina max 79 on Twitter, same thing. And then on TikTok. I don't really post a lot on tiktok i'll be honest
0: <laughs> but I know, i'm
1: that's, on <laughs> facebook it's tricky yeah yeah i don't know what to i'm not one of those on, authors who's like dancing and pointing No. And stuff. i just don't but know actually, what to
0: do it, so. i have seen you you
1: could be yes i just don't there. you just could be
0: so maybe we just need to like we need more <laughs> lessons from geneva geneva roses yeah. are oh our she's
1: t- fantastic she's but on nice. facebook i'm there quite a lot as well and that's christina mcdonald author Okay, fantastic. Well, and, and we will have a
0: copy of the Sell Black Waters to give away um right. coming up very soon. And check out um Christina McDonald.com and that's um and McDonald is is this normal way. No A in the M A C just M C. Yeah, M C. I'm learning a lot about this actually, that even in all caps, the C is always little. Yeah, I know, yeah. I That's don't really interesting. Much. You can capitalize these. I point. think I might have, but I'm just saying I'm uh, like, I'm like, oh, I probably should be paying more attention to these because you know, this is like the proper spelling. That Mac thing it always throws me for a loop. But
1: is the was... Scottish and Mick is the Irish. That's what I heard. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Okay. So
0: you yeah. this is I- so you're Irish. This is an Irish name. Yeah.
1: From far long back, many generations back. <laughs> wow. Well. It works. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Well,
0: this was, I as I told Jess, let uh, told Jess, I told Christina before we um, started, I was up, you can almost tell that I was up late last night um, because I had kind of a crazy week and I ended up just like, you know, I was going to get up early, but then I was like, nope. And I just flew through the end of this book. I really, really loved it. Lots Thank of fun twists we're not going to talk about, um, <laughs> but I think um, people will really love um, Jess and Neve, and I can't wait to read um, What Lies in Darkness.
1: I know. I'll give you a, an early copy. It's <laughs> <laughs> lucky me.
0: So thank you so much, Christina, for joining us today. Absolutely. It's really
1: nice to see you and to chat and just um, talk about my book. I'm really excited for everybody to read it.
0: And I know. So I noticed it was like, it was, you know, you were up in the top
1: 25 or 30. Yeah. The bestseller list. I was, yeah, really excited. And it's day number 10. Number 10. Yeah. Number 10 in the whole 20. store. That is amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. really that is well,
0: congratulations. I I thank was you. watching you when you were in the 20s, but you <laughs> I love that you made it all the way to 10. Congratulations, Christina. Thank, thank you, you so for much. joining us. And thank um every, you. Thanks, Danielle. Everybody for joining us today. Thank you. This is Danielle with Christina McDonald, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.